Radio's source for exclusive news in music, business, sports, and entertainment. This is an exclusive interview with the 419grind.com. Dr. Victor J. Coleman Jr. Blessings, blessings, brother. How you doing today? Good, good. Good morning. Good Sunday morning. Absolutely. So, uh, try to keep that. But, uh, man, it's good to have you back. Yeah, uh, somebody just reminded me uh, yesterday. Uh, yeah. I shared the flyer, and they were like, man, you know, it's about time y'all got back around. And it was like, wow, you know, it's been some years. Yeah, it was 2015. Wow. I think uh was the last interview. Yeah, 2015. Some time, so Some time has got away from us. Five years. So a lot has happened in five years. Um, I know last time we talked on the uh, on the show, you did the uh, Hydrate for the Homeless uh, program. You were doing a, a thing with Michael, uh, Mike Riley. Yes, we did the uh, the uh, boot camp. Boot camp, yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. So now that <laughs> five years has gone by, you are now Dr. Victor Coleman Jr. Um, what happened? Like, what made you? I know, I, I'm. What made you get to that? I want to reach that uh, that that next height. I wanted to be an inspiration for um, black and brown boys around right. the world to use my story of of going from numerous uh, run-ins with the law to you know a PhD. Right. And when I walk in rooms and people say you don't look like a PhD, that means I've done something right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I've always been the type I wanted to break the mold. You know, I don't want to look like anybody else in in, in, right. in, in in any industry or market. I want to always be, you know, who I am authentically. Right. So uh, talk about, I mean, your your story is is amazing. Like, I know you personally, but the story of Victor Coleman Jr. is impeccable. To go from, what's it, nine arrests, something like that? Well, the, the, the adult record was six arrests. Six arrests, yeah. but it was three when you were a Correct. So talk about that a little bit, like uh, going through depression, uh, dealing with drugs and gangs, going from that, what changed your mindset to be this person that you are now? I think the biggest thing that that a lot of people fail to realize or understand is that when you look at somebody going through those those struggles like I was going through, so arrested the first time, first, second grade, um, right. and, and so forth. And it became a pattern. What it was was I was trying to find who I was, right? right? And I didn't want to be like what I had seen, but I didn't know how to become who I thought I should be, right? right? So one thing I always tell people is that tra- uh, exposure is transformational. And as I got older, I started being exposed to things that were different than what I'd seen in my hood. Okay. Right. And by doing that, my my imagination grew. And it was like, wow, you mean I could be that? Right. I could right. be that over there too. And it was like, wow, okay. I can be more than just an athlete or a rapper. I could actually be a true change maker. Right, right. And I didn't get it right away, you know. Um still had the run ins and still, you know, was trying to fight that identity that the streets give us, right? Yeah. You got a nice whip. You got some money in your pocket, you're right, the man. Right. And and that's that's what I grew 
attracted to. I thought that's who I was supposed to be or who I was. Right. And I always tell people God has a funny way of getting our attention. And he took all of that stuff from me. And when I went for my second round of getting the things back, he took it again and was like, wait a minute, man. What? Mm. All right, I'm listening. What are you right. trying to tell me? And right. it, and that began to show me like, look, you're bigger than a car with candy paint. You're bigger than 20 inch rims. You're bigger than, you know, Playboy Vic. Right. And at the time I didn't understand that. I was willing to settle for that because it was comfortable. Yeah. 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 So, um, Several times, at 96, I went to Atlanta with uh, my family, and I got to experience the Olympics. They were some family members that were in Atlanta. I was exposed to something mm-hmm. that a lot of people didn't get exposure to. Right. Um, transformational. I seen how the, the celebrities were treated, and I'm like, man, I want to be treated like <laughs> that. You know, I want to be treated with a, with some respect, you right. know, when, when I come around. And, again, I was 16. So I didn't make the change right away, but a seed was planted right. for later on. At 18, uh, I met an older guy. He was a Caucasian gentleman, and uh, he taught me finances. Again, I didn't get it then because I was still trying to show off you know, for the neighborhood. Right, yeah. But he planted some seeds right. about the importance of life insurance and investing and entrepreneurship. Fast forward, here I am investing. Right. Life insurance is set in place, and, and, and I'm an entrepreneur. Didn't get it at the time. So there were several things over the years where seeds were planted. And then it just finally got to that point where it was like enough is enough. There's a photo when I go and speak, I share it. It's my youngest son. He's holding $10,000 cash in his hand like this. Mm -hmm. And when I looked at that photo one day, I said, you know what? It won't change for your family unless you change. I was exposing them to the streets Oh, right. And didn't even realize I was exposing them to the streets. Right, right. Because I was thinking it was cool for my son to hold $10,000 cash drug money. Right. But that wasn't cool. He was going to wonder how dad got that money eventually. Right, right. Kids pay attention to what we do more than they listen to what we say. Right. So, uh, like, how do we take that away from or cover I don't know we can't like hide it from the, the re- actual reality of growing up in these situations or growing up in the hood how do we change their perspective or uh, guide them in a, in, a, in a different direction when they see this all the time even if it's not in their backyard or in their front yard or in the street or even on TV on social media it's everywhere it's definitely going to be challenging because we're we're fighting it from so many angles now. Right. You know, there was a time when you only had to fight it maybe from the TV or maybe from the neighborhood, but now you're fighting it from the TV, the neighborhood, the school, social media. I mean, it's right. everywhere. Yeah. So I, I challenge parents to get involved in what, um, get their kids involved in programs, sports, right? Get them exposed to some positive people and try to keep them in positive envi- environments. Uh, growing up, I, I remember the older folks used to always say, an idle mind is the devil's playground. Right. Keep the kids active. Yeah. Yeah. Keep them active right. as much as possible. And one of the challenges in our community with keeping our kids engaged or active is we don't always have the resources, and I'll say the money, to uh, pay for them to be in this program or on that right. team or right. whatever. Yeah. And then the other side is, is who's going to get them there? 
Right. If we have single parent homes and mom has to go work two jobs to keep the lights and the gas mm-hmm. on, who's taking the child to the game or to practice? Who's making sure they get home? And right. and that's an issue we have in our community that we have to address and we have to get back to being a community. I was just about to say that. Like back when we were younger, uh, if our if our parents couldn't pick us up from school or take us to practice, we had I had Cornell Tally who was our basketball coach who picked us up in the morning to go to school and took us to practice and brought us home at night. Yeah. So we had that. It was a community type of situation because they, uh, my parents and him grew up together. So it's like now it's like uh, you're not picking my kid up because I don't, you know, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. And, and it, it even goes another step where can't nobody tell my kid nothing. So yeah. if, if yeah. I can't correct your child right. because they've done something wrong, Right. Then let me step back because it takes a community, it takes a village yeah. to yeah, raise yeah. a child. Yeah, that it's like that that was thrown out the window. It was thrown out because nobody wanted their child disciplined by anybody but them but them. Right. And then the result in that is is you don't even discipline them. Yeah, that that's the whole issue though. It's like So you don't discipline your that's, child. That's why they don't want I can't discipline yeah. your child. The the system is going to discipline your child. Yeah. That that's what's going to happen. Right. Because once you land downtown in their care, they're going to institutionalize you. Yeah. And they're going to try and program you and make you a robot. Right. Teach your child while they're young. And now that doesn't because I I'll be the first to say my parents were were on it, right? I was in sports and so forth, but I was attracted to yeah. the streets. Right. It, it's like uh we did the parents back then didn't know the severity of uh the streets or they didn't know the importance of uh redirecting us from the streets because they had no idea that some of us were in the streets that way mm-hmm. especially with kids that grew up in church yep <laughs> it was like uh okay you know he's fine cuz we go to church four or five times a week so they're not thinking about the streets. We we never had this conversation of don't do this, uh, don't hang around this person. Our conversations were uh, we're saved, we go to church, mm-hmm. don't listen to this music, yep. and don't uh, do this action. It wasn't of how we prevent from uh, being uh, influenced by other actions or other music or any or uh, other people. We don't do a good job at preventative maintenance. Yeah. yeah. That's from our health right. to our wealth to raising our children. We yeah. don't. And, and I'm I'm not exempt. Um, I look back at different times or things that I could have done better to to educate my children. Right. And help them prevent some things that, that they'll experience in life. But I didn't because I didn't know. As you get older and you get some experience now, you 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 realize what you did wrong or what you could have done better. I don't like the word wrong, right? Because right, right. there's no blueprint to being a great parent, right? Um, but we have to have conversations in our community. We don't talk about sex no, with our children. We don't. So we feel like if we don't talk about it, it won't happen, right? And then uh, uh, the young lady comes home pregnant, or the young boy comes home and tells you that he got her pregnant, right? But where were we to equip them for how they would feel with that experience to help prevent it? Hey, hey, son. Hey, daughter. Right. 
it's going to come a time in life when you're going to start to feel a certain kind of way about right, the right. opposite sex or whatever. And when you start to feel that way, we need to teach you how to handle what it is you're feeling. Right. We don't talk about it, so no. we, we, we act like it won't happen. Right. But what I think the the issue is, is uh, fear of we fear that if we talk about something like that, we will put the thought in their mind, the sexual thought, out of, out of ignorance and fear. Mm-hmm. Not that that's uh, right or wrong, but out of fear. I mean, I'm talking about my own personal experience. If I talk to my son about, well, girls do this, and uh, and guys shouldn't do this, and when it comes to uh, dating, and when you're 14 and 15 years old, you're going to have this kind of feeling. Or you shouldn't be looking at these videos on like out of fear. If I tell him about this stuff, I, my fear is that he's going to be attracted to it out of curiosity. Now, that's true, but you have to remember that somebody is going to tell them eventually. Right, right, right. Who better than you? Right, but I'm saying out, out of and, ignorance. And, and, and right, and, yeah. and and that's and that's a mistake we've we've made, but we've got to start correcting that mistake. Right, and we have to start now. We can't wait. Um, so so any parent that's listening now, depending on the age of your child. Start preparing yourself right. to get comfortable to have that conversation because yeah. it is going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my youngest is 13, and we just went through the puberty conversation, and it was, right. it was a little awkward, right? <laughs> he was like, Dad, like, I don't really want well, – we're going to talk about it right. because your body is starting to change, and, and I need to be there to teach you what happens to a young man's body as it changes right. because I want you to be better equipped going forward. Right. Uh, like like the Bible says, we our people perish for the lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. and that's with that, when you talk about perish, that doesn't mean like uh figurative like death or actual death. Perish as far as financially, mm-hmm. sexually, uh, mentally, physically. Our quality of life perishes right just by the lack of knowledge, and and I think a lot of people are afraid that if they know. And, and and I know it. a lot of people are afraid if they know they'll be held responsible for what they know. Yeah. But you should want to know. <laughs> yeah. Ignorance is bliss. That's, that's the thought. That's the thought process you know, behind that. Ignorance is bliss. If I don't know, ah, it, it doesn't really bother me with everything that's going on right now. You can see that like everywhere. Ignorance is bliss. Well, I don't, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I don't know about his situation. I don't know what the police were thinking at the time. I don't know what, I, I don't care because you know they're doing their jobs. That's people's thought process behind mm-hmm. this thing. Ah, okay, that's, they're just doing their jobs. I don't know what happened, but let them do their jobs. Read a comment on social media today. It said, uh, uh, older, older Caucasian lady said, if you don't commit a crime, the police won't be called and you won't be killed. Huh? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. When I worked for the utility company as a meter reader and I was in the community that just had the shooting last night, I was there reading the meters, bright green shirt, you know, company apparel, ID visible, walking house to house to house to house reading meters. I had broken no crimes, no laws, had done no crime. And the police work was called on me. Wow. Three squad cars pull up. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) So I come out. You know, from the side of the house, the next house, and getting ready to go to the next. He says, "Excuse me, can we have a word with you?" 
And he said, we, you know, someone just called the police and said a, a suspicious, suspicious guy was walking in between the houses. What crime had I done? Right. I was doing my job. So for her to make that comment, yeah, it just yeah, shows yeah. you that in America, we're so quick to judge based on our experience instead of taking a step back and trying to gain an understanding of someone else's experience and why people feel the way they feel about what's going on in America right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, it's insane to me that people don't look at both sides of the coin. They only see two colors, right? And that's not black and white. It's some it's black and white in some situations, but in this situation, this occurrence is uh, black and blue. They're police. There's they're just policing, and if you're black and you're uh, not doing anything wrong, you're not going to get arrested or harassed by the police. Jay Farrell, who is on, who used to be on Saturday Night Live, that I seen that video the other day. Right, he was. It was what two days after. Ahmaud Arbery was murdered. He was walking down the street in New York City, and they bum rushed him. The police bum like three was it three uh, squad cars, mm-hmm. and for mistaken identity, he fit the description. Right. They I'm, said it was they. Somebody said they saw a black man uh, uh, walking down the street with a gray uh, sweatpants and blue and a black hoodie. He so, fit the de- seriously. Like yeah. wow, yeah. You know, but th- this is this is America. This is America. And if we really want to change America, we have to be open to understanding and learning other people's experiences. And that's not just for Caucasian America. That's for minorities in America as well. Right, right. Based on that lady's experiences, that's how she feels. Right. If she's open to it, let me educate you on why I feel differently about what you're saying. And and uh, yeah, so it's it's our duty to to be open to to explain that, and and hopefully be open to learning somebody else's experience. That's the only way this is going to change. It's yeah. not one sided, right? And 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 as black people, we have to listen to the other side as well to get an understanding of why they feel the way they feel. And and not be so emotional, which I understand we are emotional about it because it is hurting us. Yeah, yeah. Like like never before. Right. Um, is how a lot of us feel. But this has been going on since we were kidnapped and thrown on a boat and brought over. Right. Um, I do. I think we're making progress in America. Absolutely, absolutely. And do I think this this round of protesting and and rioting and so forth is making progress in America? Absolutely. Um, I am not a protester myself. Right. Um, or a marcher myself. I am not a, a rioter myself, but I do believe each piece plays a role. And yeah. I believe everyone has a role in bringing this change about. It's just like going to war. Right. Everybody can't be on the front line. Right. But everyone has a role to play yeah. in winning that war. When I was talking last week, when I talked to uh, T diamond or known as uh King baby, uh, black diamond now, uh, <laughs> We we were saying like the, sometimes a conversation um, plays a part in what's going on. A conversation can our conversation can spark somebody else's thought process to actually uh, do something 
or take what we say and okay, let's exp- expand or expound on it. Um, it's like I'm not like like you said, I'm not a person to be uh on the front lines and be out uh, protesting and writing because that's not me. Uh, if anybody who really knows me knows, I, I don't even do this. Right, right. I'm just a personal. You know, I, I don't do the cameras. I don't do the the. I don't. I, the voice and talking in public. I don't do public speaking at all. This is as public as it's going to get, but I'm using this platform to have conversations with you and other people uh, that can help somebody else become that person who uh, makes the change or uh, spark a conversation with somebody else who knows somebody else who can influence that person to make a change. Absolutely. So you've learned your role, right? In in this war, right, and and it's up to each one of us to learn our role right now in this war. Not just in the war of racism and police brutality, but the war of of the lack of economics in the minority communities, uh, the 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 under the the bad educational system in these communities as well. Right, we have to learn our role. And something that I feel is my role is to educate people on finances. Right. Uh, Stocks is one of the things. Real estate is one of the things. Right. Budgeting is one of the things. Debt payoff is one of the things that I help people or mentor people through. What is your role in this whole big picture? Because it's bigger than just the, what we're seeing today. Right. Because once this fizzles out and goes away, because it does. It's going to be something else. It's going to be something else. Right. But everyone has to know their role for the long haul of this journey to truly bring change. Right. And like well, like we were saying earlier, like my uh thought process in this in this field of media is to get as much of us involved in this field as far as podcasting as youtube channels uh social media uh presence just because we have so much talent and so much knowledge that we can share with other people that i mean they don't know they don't know what we know or what we've experienced so the more of us that are out here putting our uh experiences out there and letting people hear our voice, the more we will influence and motivate people to become better than us. Cause that's what I want. Absolutely. I want, I don't want somebody to be measure up to me. I want somebody to be better than me Absolutely. and take it to a different level. You know, I, I listen to a lot of the older generation. Um, our family has a weekly call and some of the older family members have spoken out about, they don't want to have these racial conversations at work. And I, mm-hmm. and I, and I disagree with them. Um, I think they're needed. Yeah, at work, not to make things um, to create tension at work, right. but to share your experience. So, uh, the company that I that that pays me in the daytime, um, <laughs> they had two forums, and each forum were there. One was almost two hundred people, and the other one was just over a hundred people. Mm. And and I was up in the air if I wanted to speak mm. in the forum because. I didn't know that I wanted them to know my experience. Right. But then there was a voice that clicked in and said, no, Vic, you've said it before and you, you this is your, your move. You want to educate people on your experience right. so they can grow. So I shared it on in both forums, my experiences, just a handful of them, because obviously there's a life lifetime of experiences of run-ins and different uh, racial situations that I've had to encounter. Right. But I shared with them how, as the company sent me to a meeting on a dark back road one night, um, I had to go to this meeting and 
if you've ever gone to a council meeting or anything, one of the things they do when they have the meeting is they say the Pledge of Allegiance. So I stand, as, you know, for the Pledge of Allegiance. Right. Only black in the room. When they're done, the guy leading turned around and says, thank you for standing with us. How did that make me feel? Oh, wow. Thank you for standing. How did that make me feel? I was singled out. Yeah. In a room full of white folks. <laughs> How did that make me feel? I didn't even feel safe at that moment. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't feel a, so I'm uncomfortable. On a, I'm on a dark back row in, in central Ohio. Wow. You know, by myself. Yeah. And you say, thank you for standing with us. Wow. And that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. He felt comfortable enough to say it. Right. That's a problem. Well, he was comfortable enough to say it because you were the only. Absolutely. Black man in the room. Absolutely. That, that is, that's, I think too many of too many people are comfortable with, uh, with doing that, with putting people in these bad, uncomfortable situations and they're, and they don't think twice about it at all. And so I shared that experience with the company and they couldn't believe it. They were like, wow, we didn't even know you experienced that. And you were on our time. Yeah. I was working for you. Wow. You know, um, I've shared the experience of, of when, uh, the lady said to me, you don't look like a PhD. And I've had this, I've heard this numerous times. You don't look like a P you got a PhD, PhD, you got a PhD. <laughs> and it's like, wait, what do you mean? Right. What does a PhD look like? What does that mean? Right. Did, I mean, cause I'm in a suit and tie when they make oh, this comment. Okay. Okay. I'm not so in that, my joggers right. and my tee. <laughs> right. I'm in a suit and tie. Yeah. So in my suit and tie, I don't look like a PhD. What do I look like when I got on my joggers and my t-shirt? See, she wasn't talking about the suit. She was talking about the color. That's my point. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because yeah. people will come to the defense and say, well, no, no. Well, maybe she was. No. no. If I'm in a suit and tie, what else is there left for you to judge? Right. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I, I didn't take it personal, even though. It probably was personal. I didn't take it personal. What I did was I used it to my advantage, and I make it my point to never look like a PhD. Ah, uh, okay. I will never look like a PhD. Right. Because that's an image that somebody else created. Right. That I'm now here to change the mode of because I want him or her or him or her who come from where I come from to know that they can get it too. Yeah. Because I was the kid who failed the second grade because I struggled with reading and writing. But now I am a published researcher with a PhD. Wow. Don't let them tell you what you can't be. You can be anything you want to be. But yeah. you first got to get them out of your head. I failed second grade, too, for the same reason. Wow. Yep. Seriously. Yep. I had a D in, in reading and writing. And my dad was like, no, we can't, we can't let him. Because the teacher asked him, like, do you want him to go on to the next grade? We can hold him back, and then he can do second grade all over again. He, you know, he'll be he'll be a little advanced because he's doing the same things all over again. So yeah, they held me back second grade for reading and writing. What was that experience like for you? It was embarrassing. It was very embarrassing as a yes. what, six seven year old. Yeah, yes sir. It was embarrassing. Yeah. So when I talk about trying to find myself, that was in that time window okay. when I talked about the first arrest, second arrest, so forth, trying to find who I was because now I was this kid who had failed. Now, we, let me ask you this. My, this is from my own experience. When you 
going back to second grade, did you have this, uh, this chip on your shoulder, right? Uh, you felt that, I mean, you, you were, I was bad that year. I got in trouble that year because I, I didn't want to be there. Like I'm not supposed to be, I did this last year. Why am I here again? But I, I don't know if it was, um, because I was embarrassed or because I was mad at my parents or the teacher for not letting me go on with my friends to the next uh, class, next grade. I was angry. Um, one thing I will say though, my mom put me in a different school. Oh, okay. That okay. helped. Yeah. I was still angry. Right. But I didn't have to face my peers. Yeah. Who had going on. Right. So it helped a little bit, but that anger still was on the inside. So whether, you know, it doesn't matter how much anger it is. If it's enough anger to spark, yeah, you know, some rage for you to be disruptive, you know, and it was there. And I did that second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade. Uh, on up, just I, I continue that rage. Yeah. And I didn't realize it. It wasn't until 28 years old when I was standing in the mirror and I said, you know what? This is your life. You have to take control of it. Right. 28 years old. I looked in the mirror and said, you know what? If you want the narrative to change, it won't change until you change. So from this day forward, I'm in the driver's seat. I will not allow others to control my emotions or my reactions or, you know, I can't give anybody that power. Now, I'm not saying you won't have times where you, you know, you have a flashback or you you ready to jump off the edge. But you have to grab hold of the steering wheel in life. So, So one of the messages I do when I go speak, is my life, my story. Okay. You know, wristbands I give out to the youth because I need them to understand that this is your life and this is your story. Your teachers have already set out on their path. Your parents have set out on their path. It's time for you to figure out what your life and your story is going to be. And everybody's not going to be given the same opportunities, right? The same chances. So you can make a mistake today and end up in jail the rest of your life. Right, right. So let's prevent that mistake if we can. Yeah. You know, people see my mugshot and say, oh, he he changed. Well, I can mess up a million more times and change, too. No, 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 no. Let's not wait till that happens. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it now. Right, right, right. I don't want you to go through the same things that I've went through. That's why I'm sharing my experience with you. Absolutely. Because where you're at now, you want somebody to be at that point 10 years ago. Exactly. If I, at what's the old saying? If I knew then what I know now. Right. Yeah. So, so because I didn't know it, my job, I feel, or my responsibility, I feel, is to Make others know it or let others know it so they can prevent the headaches and the heartaches right. and the financial pains that I went through to get here. Right. Yeah, that's the that's one thing that I, I looked at when you started doing the uh the financial uh was the flying financially free. Flying financially free. When you started that, it's like that gives other people the uh the choice to okay. I'm not where I want to be now, but if I tap into what he's teaching me, I can be where I want to be within these, uh, taking these next steps. Like what, what are the, I'm not going to get too, I don't want to get too far into where you tell all of your, (laughs) but what, what, uh, like what is that about as far as financially uh, flying financially free? Well, I mean, think about a, a flight. You cannot fly if you're weighed down. Right. Right. You can't soar to the next level if you're weighed down. So being fi- flying financially free is simply removing that dead weight, right? I see countless people now taking advantage of the easy pay. 
option, right? And and that's where let's just say you go on to uh, oh. uh, a website and they'll offer you three easy payments yeah. of, and so because the, and and it's psychological because they offer you the easy pay, you typically spend more. Yeah. They know what they're doing, right? We're gonna break it down for you. Well, now here you are committed to making this payment for the next three, six, 12 months for something that you probably could have waited for. Right. But we don't think that way. Now, I'm not saying if, if you needed a, a laptop, per se, to, to start your podcast and you, you know, you're ready to roll, right. and that was one thing that you did, th- that may be something different. That's an investment into your business, maybe, that you you needed to do. But did you need to do a... Easy pay for the next Jordans that come out? <laughs> Did you need to do an easy pay for that outfit? Right, right. You know, we doing easy pay for stuff that, and it keeps us on the hamster wheel. Yeah. It keeps us in debt. And we have to break up with that. We have to part ways with that mentality because it's hurting us. So I try to teach people um, how um, how to hack the system when it comes to, to real estate. Okay. There's, there's a, a way to hack the system and create financial freedom through real estate. And when I explain this to people, they're so programmed to think about the big house way out yonder yeah, yeah. that they they look at me like, no, you're not hearing me. And I said, no, you're not hearing me. <laughs> you want to be free, you told me. Yeah. Now, I can tell you how to go get that house. And I can tell you how to go get that house and have somebody else pay for it. There's, uh, a, there's a difference. Right. Okay. You can go get that house. And you can go work for XYZ for 60 hours a week to make that payment and never get to enjoy that house. Right. Or you can make the temporary sacrifice to make the investments in yourself Mm. so that you can go get that house and somebody else will pay you through your investments so you can live in that house. Wow. Uh, Yeah, I like that. (laughs) That makes a difference. Yeah. Right? So if we reprogram ourselves on all levels, and we were just talking finance, we reprogram the way we see money, the way we use money, mm-hmm. we'll be successful. Right. Um, Tuesday night, I'll be holding a Zoom session, um, Stock Trading 101. I'm going to just talk high level about stocks. Everybody wants to know what's in my portfolio, and everybody wants to know, how did you make $14,000 in one day stock trading? Ooh, okay. <laughs> but until you take the time to educate yourself on the market, right. You'll never get to $14,000 in a day. See, they think, well, let Vic just tell me what's in, in your portfolio and I'll do what you did. Right. It yeah, doesn't yeah, work yeah, that yeah. way. All right. Because there was a strategy to what I did. Okay. But see, people only see the ups. Now, let's bring it around. I lost money in the stock market that same week. Okay. Right? Right. There's, It's not always up. There, there's going to be some downs. Overall, I'm winning in the market. But it required me to sit down and do some homework okay, and get to understand the market, get to understand the terms, right? Some trial and some error. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell people the story I put in, it was back in March, I put in $4,200 in the stock market. And I knew better on the decision that I made, but I did it anyway because it was out of emotion. Right. Listen, pause. If you ever make a decision based on emotion, I don't care if it's buying a car, buying a house, I don't care what it is. A financial decision based on emotion, nine times out of ten, is going to be a bad decision. Right. Okay. So circling back around, someone had posted something in the stock group that said, hey, this company, XYZ, is merging with company 
ABC. They're going to go through the roof. And instead of me doing my homework, uh, emotionally, I thought I was going to miss out on an opportunity. Right. I bought $3,000 worth of shares. They tanked. Wow. Okay. That makes a difference. So I made it a point that that day going forward, I would not put myself in a position to fail because I knew better. I, I, I've been dealing with stocks for years and I knew, but I knew better. And I still made that emotional mistake right. that I tried to teach so many people not to make. Right. So I went back to the basics, got back into the groove and I started spending my time in the stock market, in the resources, books, videos, et cetera. And that day going forward had always had been in the plus so that that was on a, a, a Thursday or Friday. I lost that three thousand dollars come Monday. My ego, my pride was like, you go, you going to man up and get this together. Right. But yeah. I, so I did. And I made one hundred and fifty four dollars. I felt like, cool. All right. The next day it was two hundred and forty three dollars. Bad. And it just continued to go up. By the end of the week, I was at $1,500 I had made on the stock market okay. in a day. Right Now I'm thinking, well, cool, that, that's some good money. I could I can live good if I'm doing 500 My goal was 250 a day. So if I could do 250 a day, that's some good money. I don't have yeah. to work for anyone if I can average 250 a day. Right, right. But then it kept growing mm. and growing and growing. So I set a goal for myself. I told my son, I said, Here's my goal. Next week, I'm going to make $10,000 on the stock market. He said, you think? I said, that's my goal. I'm setting a goal. I'm not going to be super aggressive. I'm not going to be greedy. Right. But I want to make $10,000 on the stock market. He said, okay. I said, if I make $10,000 on the stock market, I'm going to build a trading workstation. All the monitors. and Because I've, I've got three monitors, but I want to build a true workstation. Yeah, yeah. And so that was the deal. That week, I made $11,000 on the stock market. Wow. So I shared that in in some of the stock groups I'm in, and everybody's like, can you teach me? Can you teach me? So now I've got a stock course that I've put together, and it's, it's, it's very high level. Um, It's not a million bucks. Obviously, there's going to be a fee for it because I have put my blood, sweat, yeah, and tears yeah, yeah. into learning this right. to do it the right way. But um. It's changed my life financially. It's another avenue that yeah. has changed my life financially. Right. And then that, that week I did $11,000, and then come Monday I do 14000 in one day. Wow. wow. One day. So, again, being a student of yeah. life is what I've learned to be. I know that the, the Ph.D. in the educational journey has taught me one thing, if nothing else. I don't know anything at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go in rooms and I listen more than I talk. People think, right. oh, Dr. Coleman's in the room. What do you have to say? <laughs> right, keep, I'm, keep I'm taking notes. Yeah, keep yeah, talking because yeah. I'm, 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 I'm a student. Right. That's how we get better. Too many of us want to go in the room and own the room, and we haven't done the homework yeah. to even we, – we, we talk about the, the few things that we've learned along the journey instead right. of realizing that, let's say I learned th- three things – but there's seven other things in this this journey that I need to learn, but we never get to those because we're so busy talking about the three. Right. I'm the guy that wants to learn all ten things, and then I'll share what I know. So I sit back and just let other people own the room. Yeah, it's. I think that's very important for for us 
as far as uh, learning to learn from other people. Like I have no problem with coming to you. It's like, man, I need, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know this. I need to learn this. I need to focus on how do I get better at doing this? How do I get better better at speaking? Like I'm not a good public speaker at all. So that's, that's something that I'm learning to do. I'm get, I'm getting better at this because I've done it over over time. Mm-hmm. I've done it. Actually, it's only been since since December since I started doing the podcast. But I'm learning over time. It's like okay, I watch this person, how they interact with the with their guests and how they speak on the on the microphone and how how comfortable they are. And that's something that I'm always willing to do is learn, get better at what I'm doing or, or get better or learn something new to add to what I'm doing. That's the key to success. That is the key to success. Like the world is a huge classroom. Yeah. yeah. And if you go out your house and walk into that classroom and you learn nothing. Right. You have failed yourself that day. Yeah. Every day we can learn something. Right. I uh, had to. Uh, I commented on something yesterday and somebody was saying uh, about around, around along the same lines of learning and uh, making yourself better. Like I went to college, right. For microcomputer business systems that doesn't exist anymore. Like, microcomputer business systems does not exist as a job, mm-hmm. but I took what I knew in that and added to what I do now. I didn't. I don't have a degree in anything. That that that's important as far as to what I do. What I what applies to what I do now. I don't have a degree in my uh, graphic design or in radio broadcasting, even though I've I've had two previous jobs in radio broadcasting. I don't have a degree in audio engineering or video editing. I didn't learn any of that in school. I've took myself and put myself in these situations to learn these things because this is what I love to do. I don't downplay people from, for going to school for arts and graphics and everything. But me myself as the way that I know that I know how to learn is I put myself, I set myself up and I build my own classroom and I learn that way. I have a, I'll probably have a, a, a master's degree in YouTube university. I tell people all the time, I, you know, I get asked, you know, how did you learn how to uh, rehab houses or how did you learn how to, I said, right, I, yeah. I graduated from YouTube university. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and anything you want to know is on YouTube university. Yeah. And if you want to get better <laughs> at it, go to YouTube university. Yeah. You know, um, and even, even in the stock groups, people are, the one guy asked me the other day, well, what stock charts do you use? And I said, well, I use the ones that are built into my my trading platform. However, before I responded to you, I went to YouTube yeah. and I Googled, you know, I put in what you asked. I copied and pasted his question and I sent him the link. Here's the response that I got. There's numerous yeah. videos yeah. out there to tell you how to read stock charts and all of that. You know, everyone wants you to do the work for them in this yeah. generation. No, no, go to YouTube University yeah. and learn it. Yeah, I mean, I've learned probably ninety ninety percent of what I do, I've learned on YouTube. It's it's there for us to learn. Yeah, it's, I, it's a I, tool. I just think that people don't look at it as a uh, a tool of learning, or uh, they just don't want to do it because they want somebody else to come. We're in. lazy. Yeah, we we 
and 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 I, and I and that's all people. Yeah, that's, that's what not, I said. That's, that's everybody. not one gender. That's not one race. Yeah. People are lazy. Right. People want the results. And and if you don't believe me, look at the amount of people getting uh, plastic surgery now. Right. The the changing their bodies and so forth. Yeah. It's through the roof. Yeah. Because we don't want to do the work. Now, am I against it? No, I'm not saying I'm against it. What I'm saying is, is look at the amount of people, the increase. Yeah. There's less people putting in the true work it takes to transform the body. And it's the same thing with the mind. We don't want to do the work. Yeah. Oh, Vic knows. Well, let me just ask him. I've, I, I've had people say to me in, in my, my text community, um, I'll say text, you know, stock up to my number and people can come into my text community and I'll, I talk about stocks and so forth in that, that group. And people say to me, if I share, you know, Hey, these are some stocks I'm looking at this week. You know, these are not recommendations for you to buy, but this is just some things that I'm looking at. I need people to understand that I can't pick your stocks for you. Right. And legally there's some things that I can't do as well when it comes to that. And I explain to people this time and time again, and every text I send out about a stock that I'm looking at, I always put a reminder this is not a recommendation for you to buy. This is something you should look at. I'm just telling you this is something I'm looking at. Right. right. Okay. And I'm trying to teach people to get comfortable looking at stocks before you even buy them. Get comfortable looking at the stock market. And I always get the response. Always get this response. How much should I, how many, how much should I spend on this? How many shares should I buy? You know, when should I sell these if I buy them? No, I, I can't tell you that. Right. You yeah. have to learn the system. Yeah. It, it, I think that's. I, I I think what it is is our mentality as as humans, is we want the results, but we don't want to uh, do go through the process. We live in a microwave society. Yeah, exactly. I can pop that in the microwave, nuke it for thirty seconds, yeah. and it comes out piping hot. Yeah, and that's what we want. Right. Everyone wants to make $14,000 in a day. Yeah. But no one wants to do the work to learn how to make $14,000 in a day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's exactly what it is. So when I broke it down, um, I broke it down in one of the, the stock groups. I broke down what it is I do. I said, since I lost that $3,000, here's my day. I wake up at 5 a.m. And I begin to study the market for the day. Hmm. I run my screeners to identify the stocks that I want to purchase. I have certain criteria. Um, then I run my charts. I read articles associated with those organizations. Hmm. Is there is there a merger coming? Is there a earnings call coming? Is there a stock split coming? Right. Uh, do they have a new technology that they're getting ready to release or a new whatever? I, I look at all of that before I make my purchase. And that happens, that starts at 5 a.m. I'm done trading usually around 11, 30, 12. If you do that, if you look at that, and then in the evening I do again, I get to looking to see who tanked right. that day, who rose that day, why, and I start to kind of get my mind wrapped around tomorrow morning. A minimum of five hours in a day is what I've put in, but I'm averaging eight hours a day. Wow. And you want me to tell you my portfolio for free. In eight minutes. <laughs> in eight minutes. Yeah. And even if I gave you my exact portfolio, would you be successful with it? 
Chances are no, because you have to know how to use the portfolio. Yeah, yeah. Why, when did he buy that? So there was a stock last week. Somebody said, "What did you? What did you pay for that stock?" And it was. I mean, this stock had jumped close to a dollar a share. I paid sixteen cents for it. Mm. See, I can share my portfolio, but if you didn't get in when I got in, right, right, you're not going to be as, as successful as yeah, right. Um, I've got a lot of stocks that I've paid 10, 15, 20 cents for that have hit a dollar or better. Wow. Because I take my time and I look for the penny stock that I believe has the opportunity to make me $14,000 in a day. Now, will that happen every day? No. And I need people to understand that it's a snowball effect. I just mentioned I started with uh, losing $3,000. Right, yeah. The following week, my first gain was $154. Right. Like, it's a snowball effect. It doesn't happen overnight. Right. And we need people, I need people to understand that. Same thing with the real estate. Like I said, it's a snowball effect. You don't get to nine properties unless you just born in the wealth or you just, you know, you hit the lottery or something. You just don't wake up with nine properties. You know, my first house was a cash house where they stole the the plumbing and the kitchen was half missing and the bathroom was half functioning. Wow. $10,000 cash property. Wow. My realtor tried to talk me out of it. I said, nope, that's the one. <laughs> Put my offer in. They, right. asked, they were asking 10500 I said, well, tell them I'll give them ten six. I want this. Right. And they took my offer. Wow. See, people usually go down. Yeah, yeah. But I seen an opportunity to to build generational wealth. Mm. So I went up a dollar or a hundred dollars on it. Right. Right. I, I knew. And now that's a cash flowing property wow. for me. That's paid for. A year later, found another one for 5,000 duplex running. Wow. And it's, it's now a process. Yeah. Yeah. Of it's a snowball process. You snowball it on up. You don't get to nine properties overnight. So people want to move out yonder. Now I can afford to live out there and somebody else pays for it because my properties are rented. Right, okay. But then I'm going to show you kind of landlord I am. I educate my tenants. On doing that same thing. If you want to know, I'll teach it to you. Right. You tell me who's making money off of you that's going to teach you what they're doing mm. so you can go do the same thing. Right. Not too many people. Nobody, yeah. But if you win, I win. Right. That's my mentality. If you win, I win. Yeah. How do you leverage that paid off property to get you more? These are things I try to teach people because I've seen some classes that are available out there. $1,500 to teach you this. You're you're trying to teach poor people. Right. (laughs) How to not be poor. And the price tag is $1,500. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm giving crash courses. Uh, I haven't come up with the exact price that my course is going to be, but it's going to be the crash course that will help you get started. Right. So you can get the $1,500 to go pay that joker over there if that's what you want to do. <laughs> but I don't think you should do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's all about taking something that, like if you teach me something, if you tell me how, you know, how you went through the process of doing something, I have to take that, what you taught me or that experience and apply it and ex- 
expand what you taught me in order to educate myself. Absolutely. There's uh, I've helped uh, three people early on get cash properties. Told them what I did, walked them through some of the things, and they've done it. Right. The one just has now purchased for the first time. And I kind of been nudging them like, what you waiting on? Come yeah. on. Like, you got the money. They just purchased their first cash, uh, their second cash property, but their first rental investment. Okay. They're nervous. Yeah. I said, well, listen, I'm going to walk you through this. I'm going to coach you through this. Right. Because if you're successful, then I'm successful. Yeah. You're now a testimony to my program that helps people become financially free. Right. I think a lot of, um, a lot of us are afraid to uh, invite people in as far as what, uh, as what we know. Um, because uh, we are afraid of competition um, with somebody being as or more success, successful than what we are. Um, and I think that's our biggest issue as a community is that we don't want um, any of our people. Oh, he's doing the same thing. I was just doing that. Why is he doing what I'm doing? Instead of inviting him in and saying, hey, you're doing the same thing that I'm doing. Let me help you along the way. Let me give you, let me give you some nuggets from, from, yeah. from, from my perspective. Let me right. give why, you, why can't we be more like that? Because we praise the image in our community and we don't want to lose the image. Right. So right, right now Vic looks like the stock guru around here. Right. Right. And I'll be the first to tell you I'm no guru. Right. But I have done my homework. Yeah. Right. Um, to some people, Vic looks like a real estate guru. I'm no guru. I've just done my homework. Right. And if I can teach you what I've learned and you become more successful than me, then so be it. That was God's plan. Yeah. How can I try to stop God? Right, right, right. That's the greatest force around. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to let my insecurities step in the way? Yeah. Block my blessing? No. Listen, what God has for me is for me. Right. I don't want to send more. I don't want anything more than what God has for me is uh, for me. Because if I do, then it becomes toxic for everything that he did have for me. And my empire crumbles. Mm. And we have to understand that we only are entitled to what God has for us. And when we become so greedy that we go after what God didn't have for us, our empires will crumble. Wow. We have to understand that. And we, people say, well, how, you know, you know, God didn't have you. Oh, you, you know, in your heart, you, you know, yeah, you do know, you know, when you, you doing a jealous move or yeah. you're doing a hater move or you, you know, you know, yeah. there, there, there's no doubt in my mind. You know, I spoke to a very successful young lady here in the city, um, millionaire status. Wow. Went to high school with her, her and her husband, real estate portfolios. Phenomenal. Right. And those listening probably know who I'm speaking of. Um, but we spoke the other night. And she called me to put me up on some game. Okay. She came across a resource that would help me. She called and said, hey, big. Do, 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 do. We talked for about an hour. Now, financially, I may be beneath her, right? Right. Her experiences in the real estate game are greater than mine. Mm -hmm. But she took the time yeah, to yeah. call me and say, this can help you go to the next level. Right. 
We don't do that. Why? She's not worried about me beating her. Right, yeah, yeah. What she's worried about, because we talked about the real estate courses and so forth, um, because they're coming out with a real estate course. Okay. Right? And and I said, well, bet. Y'all come out with your course first, and I'll promote your course. Yeah. Because it's still helping the people win. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm not here to sell a course to anybody just to put money in my pocket. My passion is to see people win. Right. God has blessed me. COVID-19, I, I made it a mission. I'm, when I come out of COVID-19, I'm coming out better than I went in. Right. And I've had more virtual speaking opportunities hmm. during COVID-19 than I had speaking opportunities all last year. Wow. So within the last three months. Within the last three months, I have, I have, uh, I had a meeting with the, um, district attorney in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, their, their group for the, for the youth, um, the youth detention staff. I've had, um, the Detroit mental health community. And now I was even offered, um, a social media brand ambassador for the mental health organization in Detroit. So now on my social media, mental health ads are going to be coming out with me, me, Endorsing yeah. them okay. because this is what's happening during COVID because yeah. mental health is oh, yeah. a serious thing. Oh yeah. Right. And, and people think of mental health as I'm crazy on the side of the road, yeah. losing my mind. Mental health no. at is at the very base level is just thinking positive. Yeah. At the very base level. Now I'm no mental health expert in the sense of, of, of going to school for mental health or anything like that. And I, I'm quick to tell people that. But I do understand the importance of mental health because when I was stressed, depressed, stressed, depressed, and felt like giving up on life, I understood that my my mental was not healthy. Yeah. I wasn't thinking healthy thoughts. Right. And when I began to change the way I thought, my life began to change. Yeah, I think we don't we don't look at that, man. We don't look at or take it we don't take that into consideration as far as mental health. A lot of us go through depression and go through uh anxiety about our our lives or or different situations. And we don't take mental health into consideration. We don't take the fact, okay, I need to take a break from this, from life, as far as like being around people Mm -hmm. or being at my job, take a mental health day. Yep. Take a mental health day or after work, tell you, tell your family, okay, I need to take an hour or so to dedicate to my mental health. I need alone time. Not that I don't want to be bothered with you. I love you to death, but I need this for my mental health. Just like we take days. Okay. I need to go run. That's my mental health day. Mm -hmm. When I run, man, that's the best time of my life. Listen, I got up and ran this morning, 3.6 miles. Wow. And when I tell you that run is always, I I, I can do up to, I'm up to about eight, nine miles in, in one run, but just the run. Yeah. is like, yo, I never thought that I would enjoy this. <laughs> like I really enjoy, and depending on, I take try and take different routes depending on the run, and I just enjoy nature. Yeah, and it's like wow. And then there are other runners, and it's like, yo, you rock. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. Know, but yeah. it takes me out of. Oh, okay, Vic, you need to do a, a, a Facebook live, or you need to create a new post, or you uh, did you call that person back? It, or, it slows you, your mind down. It just clears everything, yeah. and it lets me just enjoy a moment to myself. Something else I do. Um, to clear my mind is I take late night rides. Okay. Late night. Yeah. Turn the music on. 
depending on the time of the year, crack the windows, open the sunroof, whatever it may be, and just ride. And I ride way out. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I burn tanks of gas for no reason. Yeah. But it's not for no reason if my mind is in a healthy right. place. Yeah. So I ride and I look at houses. You're going to have one of them about two more years. That's yours. Right. That keeps me. It, it, it reminds me right. of why I'm doing what I'm doing or part of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. But it also lets me release from what it is that I'm doing. Okay. You know, I enjoy, I enjoy the architecture of, of buildings and homes and so forth. Right. So I just ride and I just look whether it's small, whether it's huge. I don't care what it is. I just look. And then I try to imagine what the layout looks like. Yeah. You know, just stuff that you enjoy. Take time for you. Learn this from um, Condoleezza Rice. 2012, I was in Atlanta at the um, LeaderCast uh, convention. And she said, you got to use your calendar. And I've been using mine since. Learn to use your calendar. Schedule what's important. Hmm. Schedule family time. Right. Schedule alone time. Just like you schedule those business meetings. Right. If you don't put it on the calendar. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. Yeah. I schedule big time. I block it out. And my phones ring with a million questions. And I've made myself so accessible that I'll get calls sometimes or texts sometimes 2, 3 in the morning. And and if I'm up, which a lot of times I am, um. I'll respond accordingly. Now, if it's a crisis, you got me. Right. Yeah. Because I don't want you to jump. Right. <laughs> Please don't jump. Right. Like let's 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 talk this out. Get yeah. off get off the top of that bridge. You know? Right. And, and 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 that's figuratively speaking. Yeah. Yeah. But people are looking for an ear and one that's not going to judge them. Right. Um, I was sharing with someone um not too long ago. I really don't have someone that I can bend to. I'm I'm getting them now, right? Because I'm learning their importance. But I don't trust people with my information. Yeah. Because if I call you to cry on your shoulder, that's supposed to be between you and I. Yeah. Yeah. But the next thing I know is you don't went and told so and so, hey, 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 don't say nothing, but uh, you know, Vic yeah. over there crying because you know what I'm saying. Then you so and so and then now you out in public and people are looking at you like, yeah, Vic was crying, man. Did you? And and it just for what? Yeah. So yeah. we don't. And as black men, we don't have those places. No. And I'm hoping in the near future we can create a place, a safe place, where we can have those conversations. Right. And and not feel like we have to walk with everything bottled in. Because, again, that goes back to mental health. Yeah. If it, we don't get that release. Right. It's going to explode one day. See, that plays a big part in our community, especially as black men, right? Mm-hmm. We are looked at as we're supposed to be this strong unemotional mm-hmm. uh creature that doesn't uh show emotions right we're not supposed to cry and uh, and and, and <laughs> be weak minded that's that's what's considered weak minded absolutely as a person who who shows emotion which is you know that's that's kind of backwards uh, not kind of that's backwards it is backwards because we are supposed to be as fathers, right? I I'm very emotional about my daughter. Mm-hmm. Not that I cry and 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 you know, 
but I'm very emotional as far as like I look when I look at when I do things right or when I'm about to do something that's the first person that comes to my mind my daughter how's this going to affect her when I, that's why I'm still single because how's this going to affect her uh I want the right person in my life that's going to uh love my daughter just as I do absolutely so when I make I make the decision based off of emotion when I go do something, when I go to, okay, I can't, I, I'm not going to do this thing because how does, how's that going to look to my daughter? I don't post certain things on Facebook or Instagram because how's that going to look uh, to my daughter? That's so, a legacy mindset though. Yeah. Because I don't want her to have this image of me. Mm-hmm. So everything that every mistake that I've done in the past, right? Every uh, time I've fallen, every time I've messed up, I have to talk to her about those things. Okay. I've, I was messed up. I I didn't make the right decision. So that way she sees me as uh, making a mistake, correcting the mistake. Absolutely. And making a change. That's kind of going back to what we talked about earlier when we talked about, we don't like to talk about things with our children. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And my son and I, we were having a discussion one day. He was going through something. and um, He basically just, said to me, Dad, you're you're so perfect. And I said, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> that guy in that mugshot right there, that guy right, right there, right. he's perfect? Right. Him? Right. He, you, you're 18. He's 18 right there. Perfect? Perfect. I said, see, son, you're you, you judging where I am today. Yeah. Where I'm still imperfect today. Right. But you're judging where I am today versus where you are today. You're 18, I'm 40. Right. I was so imperfect then. Yeah. But just so you know, I'm still imperfect now. Right. And those are conversations we have to have with our children. Now, this is what dad did. This is where dad was wrong. This is how dad has adjusted and tried to make it right. Right. That's where we have to get to as a community, as parents, as whatever. You're going to make mistakes. You know, they talk the, I don't want to mention her name, so I'm not going to mention her name because I just refuse to give her the glory. Yeah. The young lady. Yeah, I know you're talking about. She bashed uh, um, uh, Floyd. Yeah. The Floyd situation because he had been arrested before. So you mean to tell me he he deserved to die? Right, because he. Because at one point in his life he was arrested right i was arrested countless times yeah but here i stand with a phd fighting for the improvements of a community or in in an organization and uh whatever and if i die today you're gonna go back to the fact that i was arrested in 2008 yeah that makes me deserve to die right that's crazy but in america depending on the color of your skin you're not supposed to make mistakes yeah and if you do make mistakes, it's a life sentence. That's a life. That's a life sentence for us to be have had a a, a tainted past, and that I think that well, that's unfair. Definitely, unfair. I, I'll talk to my son about that uh, before he left. I said because I don't care what kind of mistakes you've made. I've made thousands of mistakes, hundreds of mistakes before. I've been in bad situations. I put myself in bad situations. Use me as an example. 
don't make those mistakes that I've made. Don't make the same mistakes that you made in the past. I want you to be, before he left, he was saying, okay, when I, when I get out to, uh, when I, after I get my money from the military, I'm going to get me an, I'm going to get me an apartment. I'm going to get, go get these cars. I said, no, you're not going to get an apartment. I know that when you leave the military, you're not going to get an apartment. You're going to own a house. You're gonna put that, use that money to buy a house. Don't make the same mistakes that I made. Well, do you, do you, do you own your house? No, not right now. But I, I'm working towards that. But I don't want you to be at forty, one or forty two years old. How old am I? Forty two years old. <laughs> I want you to be at forty two years old and not own your house, own your home. I want you to be where I should have been at eighteen to twenty four years old when you done with your first four, 22 years old when you done with your first four years of the military. So you can have ownership is the key. I told him that ownership is the key. Don't make the same mistakes. Don't let other people have the, uh, the luxury of saying, okay, Jordan was arrested, uh, this many years ago. Jordan did this, this many years ago. No, use me as an example. Absolutely. Use my mistakes as an example to make your life better. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, when he's when he's ready to get that money, let me know. Okay. I'll teach him how to house hack. Yeah. Okay. So he can create true wealth for himself in the yeah. future generations to come. Because you're telling him everything right. You've got to remove yourself and from from those obstacles. Right. They're there. Yeah. And they're there for a reason. Right. That's how those in power remain in power. Yeah. Or by keeping certain obstacles in our way to trip us up. But yeah, when he when he gets to that point, let me know. Seriously, I will. I will. Let me know. Yeah, and um, we'll make sure he makes a good financial decision that will change the rest of his life. Yeah, yep. definitely will. I mean, that's that's. I told him that's the goal. Ownership is that. Well, I, I told him that after the first after the conversation we had at the mall, we stopped and talked mm-hmm. for like a half hour or whatever. And I was telling you he was about to leave, but uh, yeah, I told him that after the conversation we had, you know, even that. 30 minute conversation kind of sparked something in me to, to uh, pass on to my son. And that's, that's important that we can do that. I love that we can do that. Absolutely. Without any kind of judgment, without any, any kind of, you know, any kind of fight, we just exchange this information within a conversation that we can apply to ourselves or to other people. That's how we grow. Yeah. That's how we grow without judgment. Right. That's how, oh, man, he should have knew this, man. He, no, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no. You, you you learn this by being exposed to it. Right. I, I wasn't exposed to this. Yeah. You know, um, early on, had I known what I knew now, then? Right. <laughs> I mean, I had countless people say, you should buy a house. No, I buy no house. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, I buy a house when I get rich. You know, and and I'm glad that I did it my way then because those individuals didn't have the same vision that I had for myself or life. Right. And with that, what I mean by that is, is they they had the old investor mentality where you buy that house and you pay for it for 30 years and you right, say, right. I did it. And I... When I bought my first home, it was a cash market. And the, the economy was down or 
trying to rebound anyway. And I realized that, wait a minute, there's a better way than, than the 30-year mortgage. And in learning that, now I'm trying to teach others. Um, young lady in my text group, she was texting me. We were texting last night, and she just said, basically, she said, I absolutely cannot live in a multifamily home. And I said, well, why not? I do. As successful as I am, I, I still live in a multifamily home. Hmm. It's not that I don't desire right, yeah. the mansion up the road. Right. But I'm still building my portfolio so that I make sure that I don't have to show up to anyone's building for 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, however many hours in a week yeah. to pay for it. Right. Now, if you go back to my earlier stats on social media, you would see me say, man, I just put in 80 hours. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I was praising yeah. this slavish mentality. Yeah. And and I say that cautiously because I know people run run with the right, they right. did that to Kanye. They ran with it. Yeah. But the slavish mentality meaning I was working for peanuts. Yeah. For somebody else. And I was celebrating the fact that I was doing it. And when I put the post, it get a hundred com I'm a hundred likes. Yeah, yeah. There's a young lady I want to reach out to her so bad. Um every day she's been posting. And I think Friday she she said, I'm almost at 80 hours this week. And I just was cringing like, can I, <laughs> can I tell you what to do with the, fine, you're doing it. Yeah. Can I tell you what to do with that money? Right. I like, I so bad want to mentor this young lady and let her know that you're going to destroy your body. Yeah. Doing that. And mentally too. Let's take that money and put it to work for you. In our community, we say secure the bag, right? Right. But what about when the bag learns to secure the bag itself and you just mm. sit back and collect what it has secured? Wow. That's transformational. It is. So if we can teach people that in our community, we'll have millionaires coming out of everywhere. Right. Teach. I put a I put a comment on 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 or a post up last week. How much money do you need to make a day in order to walk away from your mm. job? Man, the comments were through the roof. Five hundred, a thousand. I'm like, y'all just missed everything I asked y'all. But my my goal was to get people to thinking. How much money do you need to make a day in order to walk away from your current job? And I don't think many took the time to think. There was one person who commented. They said about two fifty would be good. Yeah. And I said, I agree. Right. Because if I eliminate my house payment mm-hmm. and my car payment. All I'm left with is utilities and groceries, right. maybe a trip. And and because I walked away from my job, I got to pay some medical expenses. 250 is more than enough. Right. Yeah. Because now I'm going to take that 250 and I'm going to invest it. So maybe I don't just make 250 a day. Now I make 350 a day. Mm. But I don't have to go stand in somebody's building. Right. For however many hours in a week. Eight to ten hours a day. Seventy hours a week. You know, think about it. I, the average person, what, what is minimum wage right now oh, in, in Ohio? Shoot. I know it varies. Let's just use. 980 something. 975. Okay. So we're we going to roll with a solid 10, okay. right? 
So if you work just 40 hours a week at $10, that's that's 400 bucks in a week. What what is that? Well, that's after that's before tax. That's before tax. So you're making 80 hours a day. Mm. 80 hours a day. $80 a day. But you need $1000 to walk away <laughs> from your job. <laughs> I mean, let's think about this, yeah, yeah. right? So uh, let's say you are you're a nurse, right? And you're making they're probably twenty five, thirty dollars. So we're gonna go thirty dollars. Thirty dollars times that same eight. They're two forty a day. See? <laughs> and that's before taxes. Right. Two forty a day. So but you told me you need five hundred dollars to walk yeah. away from your job. Yeah. It's in the way we yeah. view the dollar. That's what flying financially free is. I'm trying you know, to get people to see it differently. Somebody was uh uh Damon John was saying that about it's People view it, the, view the dollar, the wrong way. He he did it when he first started. He first started his his Fubu company was forty forty dollars. He had and he bought two hats or three four hats and sold them for twenty five dollars. He did that for a few months and and was broke. So he got another two thousand dollars and did it all over again and failed again. He was viewing the dollar wrong. He was investing in his own. Uh, brand the wrong way. Absolutely. So he kept losing money until he figured out how to look at the dollar the right way and how to invest the right way in his own company and other situations so he can bring more money in. That's when he figured out, oh, this is how you do it. Now I can quit my job and do this 100%. Absolutely. If we change the way we see the dollar, one, we have to change the way we see it. Right. And then if we change the way we use it. Right. Our lives will change forever. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm mentally, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm working towards that. Like mentally where I am now compared to what I, where I was last year and where I am, where, where I am financially now to where I am, where I was last year is, it's a hundred, it's a 180 degree change because I've started think I start, well, I first started, or started reading different books. So that kind of changed my mindset. got to read. We yeah. read that kind of changed my mindset about finances and about uh, investing in myself and investing in, uh, in stocks and everything. So it kind of changed the way I thought, changed the way I thought about uh, my savings account and how it should be and should stay that way. Can you brought savings up. Can I, can I I educate the people on savings? Yeah. I would like to ask our rich audience, how many of them have a savings account for the purpose of increasing their wealth? Hmm. It's called the rule of 72. Okay. If you're listening, go Google it. I'm going to tell you what it's about, but it's called the rule of 72. Remember I talked about this old Caucasian guy at age 18. He gave me some financial tools. Yeah. The rule of 72. This is how this works. So let's say a savings account. Let's just say hypothetically, they're giving you 2% interest on your money. So we've been taught, hey, put your money in a savings account. You're going to make you some money, right? So let's just say Vic say, all right, I'm going to put 10 grand in this savings account. <laughs> the bank is going to give me 2% interest. Divide the interest that they're giving you by 72. What? The rule of 72. So I'm, I'm going to do it for us, right? So... You 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 seventy two. 
and the bank gives you 2% interest, this is how many years it takes for your money to double. What? Take that's crazy. 72 divided by the interest they're giving you. It tells you how many. So if I put $10,000 in and did nothing else to it, didn't pull from it, didn't add to it, it take me 36 years to double my money? That's insane. But they teach our community to have savings accounts. Right. You know what I did with my kids' savings accounts? That's They have them, mm-hmm. and that's their petty cash for them to be able to right. they earn money. They put it here. If you want to save it to get something so you can be disciplined not to have it in your pocket. Right. I converted it into stock accounts. So let me ask you, say for instance, hypothetically, I I do have my money in savings account, right? What I did was, let me, let me say this first. What I did was I, I, because I didn't see any growth in my savings account, I moved it from that bank into a different, my other bank account because I'm like, okay, this, I'm not making any money off my savings account. It's been sitting there for, Two or three years and it's not doing anything. Okay, there's five cents. Yep. Uh, two cents, three cents. I'm like, okay, that's that's not worth it to me. Why am I have why do I have a savings account and it's supposed to help me grow, help the money grow, and it's not growing? So I moved it to a different bank account thinking it was going to change. Guess what? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, we don't we don't because we don't know. Exposure is transformational. I'm going I I gotta get my shirt made. Like <laughs> Design me something for it. Okay. If you get a chance. I got you. Like exposure is transformational. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Had that man not exposed me to that at 18, and I didn't get it then, right? right. I was still trying to be Playboy Vic. Right. But fast forward 28, 30, as it started to click as I read more and my education started to kick in. And it was like, wait, wait, hold on. Y'all been robbing us. Yeah. Remember when CDs were, were big back in the right. day? Right. Um, Everybody had a C. Oh, yeah, man, I got a CD. See, we say stuff to sound like we doing it. Right. Oh, yeah, I got a CD. What is it doing for you? How much interest they giving you? Oh, do you know the rule of 72? Once we learn that, we can figure out that uh, we're being robbed. Yeah. The only money that I've seen personally that I've seen grow is the money that I put into my uh, 401k. 401k. And even with your 401k. Diversify your 401k. Diversify it. See, people, and I'm guilty. I'm guilty. So so when I say this, listeners, please don't think, oh, big judging. I'm telling you from experience. So when I say people, I'm talking about myself from experience. I had a 401k for years and never diversified it. The other mistake I made was I didn't max out the company match. Mm. Another mistake I made, I didn't increase the amount that I put in each year. Yeah. Every year, if you do nothing but go up 1%, and you can set it to automatically yeah. increase, yeah. you're not going to miss that 1%. And before right. you know it, you're saving 30% of your income. Yeah. And don't even know it, especially if you get a raise every year. And you don't even realize yeah. it. Now, if you think that because they gave you a 50-cent raise that you need to go to, to, to Taylor Cadillac or somewhere <laughs> and buy a new car, shame on you. Yeah, yeah. That's what we do, though. That's what we do. Yeah. Because we haven't learned that money is a tool. Yeah. It's a tool, right? I can build a house with a hammer or I can tear one down. It's a tool. Yeah. How are you going to use that tool? So now, like I said, with my sons, their savings account may have 100 bucks in it. Okay. If they want to, Dad, I want to, yeah, let me take you to get your bread and you can go do what you do. Right. But even then, I challenge them. 
So you want to buy what? And what's the return for you? Not saying you can't go out and spend some money and have some fun, right. but I got to get them, I got to make them critical thinkers when it comes to their money. Transferred all of that into stock accounts. Mm. These kids are sitting on thousands of dollars that they earned. Right, yeah. And it's sitting in a, in a savings account earning them nothing. <laughs> earning them less than 2%. Yeah. And based on the rule of 72, we would be a fool to leave it sitting there. Yeah, I got to talk to you about that when we're done. I don't want to, you know. Yeah, yeah. We, that, listen, listen. <laughs> I'm here to help. So we got to stop letting the banks rob us. Yeah. We have to start educating ourselves on finances. Like I said, I moved into a stock market uh, account, um, and the stocks were up the other day. I'm, I'm gonna just hit one of the accounts just to just to see what 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 they what they did the other day. So, my youngest son, for the sake of his privacy, I won't say the amount, but you can see the amount. Oh yeah, okay. He's 13, right? <laughs> And yeah. just on that day, he had $99.37 gain. Wow. In one day? Wow. He's 13. Wow. He's making money, not even. He's, so I, I, when, I, when I, I say, son, look how much money you made. Because I got to give my, I want them to understand you never have to work for anybody else right. to be successful. Yeah. You only have to work for yourself. Right. The money, let the money work for you. Put the money in the places and let it work for you. Let the bag secure the bag. And then that bag secure the next bag. And then those three bags secure three more bags. And before you know it, it's too many bags for you to count. So then you go and be a blessing to somebody else. Right. My youngest kid on Friday made $99.37. Now, we just talked about minimum wage at $10. Oh, he's only going to make $80 a day. He's only going to make $80. He's making more than someone working. Wow. Wage. And he's not even working yet. That That's so, that's important for us to, to, to know these things and to teach our kids these things. Like, I don't, I really don't want my daughter to be working for anybody. I don't want my son to be working for anybody. We've got to break that system. I want them to. Now, go ahead. Finish. Your no, statement. I'm saying I don't want them to either own their own business she's she's she loves art and music my son does too they love art and music so i rather them work in that field that they love for themselves she says she wants to go to cosmetology so she can do that too and at the same time learn something that will make the money the way that you know how much better would you feel right you talked about how you like to do the graphic design and stuff but i do also know you work a full-time job right how much better would you feel waking up when you wanted to wake up? Oh, yeah. 100%. Rolling over, flipping your, your design station open or coming to your design station. Right. Doing what you do. Ah, all right, I'm good. All right. Y'all want to go out to eat? Let's go. Or y'all want to, let's take a road trip. Let's take a day trip. Let's. Right. And you're not worried about showing up to somebody's building. Right. Right. We're trading money for time. And the most valuable thing we have in life is time. Yeah. But we're giving it away for an hourly wage. Right. Once I figured that piece out, I'm addicted to the investing. Right. 
if I could get more people, if we can get more people to understand that you can live rent and mortgage free house hacking or buy cash property that you can make a small investment into some business, some, some, the stock market, something. And even if you make just as little as $250, even if you make $99 yeah. a day, you're making more than minimum wage. Right. Right. And you haven't done anything but put your money in places to make you successful. Yeah. Now, I, there's a pair of Jordans that I want. I want them bad. Them, them joints is fresh. But every time I see the price, <laughs> I say, nope, I'm going to put another $200 into the stock market. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm eating good. I ain't My bank account ain't overflowing and nothing like that. I'm not going to sit here and tell no story like, like I don't have um, bills. Right. Because right. I went to college to get this PhD, and it's, it right. cost me something, yeah. and it's still costing me. But I, lo- I tell people all the time, I got this education, or I went into debt for this education so you don't have to. That means tap in too. Ask some questions. Right, right. Yeah. But I want these Jordans so bad, but I just can't bring myself to pay for them because the price is ridiculous yeah. to me. Yeah. When I know that I can take that same $200 and that $200 will make me $1,000. Right. It, it just... I, I said something similar uh, a while ago. was like whenever I feel the inkling or the urge to buy something that I know I should not buy, that same amount of money that I was going to put into what I was going to buy, I'm going to invest that into Absolutely. stock. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I have a shoe fetish, as most of us seem to have in right. our community. And I remember a few years ago, I donated over 100 shoes, thinking I'm done with this shoe thing. I'm, guess what? I'm back over a hundred shoes right. again. Yeah. What the heck is wrong? <laughs> so, but the more educated and the more exposed I have come and the older I get, I realize that, you know what? Them J's is fresh, but they okay on the shelf too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I. How many times are you going to wear those shoes or how often are you going to wear them? I pulled out a pair of shoes, all white, cream bottoms, gum bottoms. I'm sorry, gum bottoms, all white gum bottoms. And uh, I seen a friend of mine the other day and, she said, them is dope. You just copped them, huh? And I said, no, nah, these five years old. She said, no way. They white. Like, I said, yeah, this is probably my fifth time wearing them. Right. Like. Yeah, it, it, we, I think we, we do that uh, for the the trophy. It's a trophy thing it to is us. A, it is a trophy because I've got shelves set up where my shoes are. Yeah. In boxes. <laughs> yeah. Lined up color coordinated, whatever you want to call right. it. But for what? You know how much money is sitting on them shelves? And I was poor, poor. Yeah. Poor, poor. Right. Then, like two poors. Like, uh, it's, it's a culture that, that, that's been built. I don't know. Uh, it's, is it from because Jordan uh, came out, was it 1985, he came out with the uh, Jordan 1s. And the NBA – David Stern and the committee put a ban on his shoes mm-hmm. because they weren't all white at, for the home team. Right. Home teams had to wear, back then, had to wear all white shoes. Yep. And his shoes, of course, Jordan 1s had the red uh, and black in it, as well as the white. So uh, because of the, the Jordan said, I'll wear them anyway, I'll just pay the $30,000 fine. 
for each home game. 41 times 30,000 is, I don't know how much. Mm-hmm. But because of the, him saying the, the defiant role that he played in that, and in, in wearing those shoes, we took that as, oh man, this dude, you know, back then, 84, like, oh man, this dude coming into the NBA and creating his own image and, and, and being defiant against the the man, against the 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 machine, absolutely uh, fighting the machine. So let's let's t- so they adopted that culture, especially in New York. It wasn't just basketball players; it was skateboarders. They they skated, and Jordan ones because of the defiant role that he played. So those shoes became an icon just because of that, because of the defiant the defiance that he played, uh, and it became a part of the hip hop culture because that's what hip hop is, right? Yeah. A rage against the machine. Yeah. It's, but how, how do we create a shift? Right. We got to create We're at a place. Now we got to create a shift. We have to, I'll, I'll tell people and I'm, I'm, I'm honest. The, with, with both of my sons, I did something with them where I went and bought a pair of shoes that they were interested in. I bought them a pair and I bought me a pair. Now I did that when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my older son, man, we we went and spent, whew, I spent some ridiculous money to get us, I don't know, four pair of forces, and we, we just loaded up. Right. And and within a few months, he couldn't fit them. They were brand new, and I'm giving them away. Like, yeah. wait. You know, I went and spent six, $700 on him a Pelicoat, and, <laughs> and wait, next winter, you can't even fit this thing. Yeah, yeah. We got to change our mentality. It's bad investments. So I'm not saying don't get you one pair, two pair, but do you need a hundred pair? Right. right. And so with, with both of my sons now in their older age, um, we we went together and we got a pair of LeBrons. And I, I wasn't a LeBron person. I like Jordan. So me, me personally, um, right. I think he's a phenomenal dude, but Jordan is my dude. Right. Right. For my era. And with both of them, I got a pair of LeBrons at different times. And and that was that bonding moment for us. Yeah. But I cringed in spending it because it was like, y'all want how much? Right. Yeah. But today, what people don't realize is a lot of people compliment me on my shoes, like those white shoes. I get my shoes from Burlington and Marshalls. I got I got a pair of LeBrons from Marshalls for a hundred bucks. Bought my son the same pair, hundred bucks. And everywhere I go, people compliment those shoes. Those all white shoes that I'm talking about yeah. were uh, Cobes, and everywhere I go, people compliment those shoes. I pay seventy bucks for those shoes <laughs> from Burlington. Yeah, I've got man, I don't know, fifteen, twenty pair of Timberlands, all from Burlington. Wow, for sixty to seventy dollars a pair. Wow. Now Burlington sent me my check. I'm, I'm marketing, <laughs> but my point is, is I don't run to the mall, and yeah. I'm okay if it's not brand spanking new, right? Because I'm going to keep them so long yeah. that they will never be considered like they just came out. But when I wear them, people treat them like they just came out. Right, right. I've, I've had them cobs for five <laughs> years. Yeah. And people are giving me compliments like they just came out. Yeah. I, I, uh, we do bad investments when it comes to uh, clothing, shoes. Like me, now I don't judge anybody else. I don't pay more than fifty dollars per pair, pair of jeans, which is the five hundred one or whatever Levi jeans. Levi's. Keep it basic, right? Basic jeans. 
I, this year is the only, this year was the only time that I ever, uh, went and got a pair of Jordans, which was the blue, the Royal blue toe, whatever it was that came out okay. last month. That was the only time I've actually wanted a pair of Jordans and got them in that way when everybody was, you know, going out buying them. But regularly, Shoe Carnival <laughs> and Dick's is where I get my shoes. Listen, there's nothing wrong with treating yourself. You treated yourself. Yeah, I treated myself right? with that with those. But when does it no longer? When is it no longer a treat? When you eat it every day. Not a treat when you're doing it every right, day. So right, every pair of Jordan yeah. that, that comes out, y'all in the same yeah, line. I'm not. It's not a treat anymore. Yeah. And if your bank account is hungry, you're feeding the wrong appetite. Yeah. I see. Ooh, I, I started baby. looking at that. That's write that down. <laughs> if your bank account is hungry, you're feeding the wrong appetite. Yeah. I'm a, I, that, that's that's a status for later. So if y'all see that, <laughs> just know that came from the podcast. <laughs> but it's like we we look at money the wrong way. Like I, I did it for years. I looked at money the wrong way. Absolutely. I was always okay. I got, I got this amount of money in my account. This cost six hundred dollars. I got about uh, twelve hundred dollars in my account. I gotta pay rent next week, but I'm gonna go ahead and buy that. Yep. Because you know I, w- I want to do my podcast, so I'm gonna go ahead and buy that. And I'll just have to finagle some money around to get. <laughs> To get the uh, make rent uh, this month, that that's how I used to think, and then when you think that way, that situation doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. So you end up being uh, behind on rent, or behind on your car payment, or behind on bills, behind on bills, and so you 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 start to struggle because you wanted that thing so bad that was more important than your bills. Now. I don't I don't brag about, you know, how much money I make or my financial situation, but I can't remember the last time I've missed a payment on any bill. That's phone bill, light bill, gas bill, rent, uh, two car payments, insurance. Like I can't remember the last time I've missed a payment because I changed the way I thought about money. Yep. And got, I, it's gotta be a shift. It has to be a shift. It has to be a shift. So, something I challenge people to do to help them get on that path is to have multiple bank accounts. Right. Yeah. So I've got my bank X, Y, Z. Cause I, I gotta remember it. Ain't nobody cutting no checks. I can't keep plugging y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I got bank X, Y, Z where I have my bill pay online bill payment set up. I have so much money that goes into that account and I have my bills automatically set up to pay. I don't set it with the, with, with the company. I set, set it with it the bank, with yeah. the bank. Yeah. Because it gives me power. Right. I don't want you to have my banking information. Right. I'm going to make sure they wire you or cut you a check. Yeah. On time. Okay. So you go in and set your schedule up based on your pay period. Right. Put in, don't put in just enough, put in a little more mm-hmm. to make sure your account never hits zero or negative. Right. Don't have a debit card for that account. Mm. Don't have any personal checks on the account. That's simply your bill pay account. Wow. Okay. And when you learn to manage your money that way, Dave Ramsey, and unplugged another, Dave Ramsey <laughs> says you have to name your money. And that's how you name your money. Ah, uh, okay. I know that that account is for bills only. Yeah. People don't do that. Yeah. We try to manage everything out of one account. And like you said, oh, man, the new Jays came out or the new, 
I want this new keyboard. I want this new laptop or whatever it may be. Well, my account say I can afford it. But I do know that that money that's in my account is for bills next week. That's not my money. So if you take it out of sight. Yeah. Right. And you take it where you can't swipe a card or, or whatever. You can't easily access it. That helps to start to put you in a place to be successful. That also will help your credit score go up. Yeah. Because you're paying bills on time. Right. But but we have to change the way we see money. Yeah. And and money is nothing but a tool. It's a resource. It's a tool. When used the right way, it can build. When used the wrong way, it can destroy. Right. I agree. And I was like I was destroying my my personal life, my uh financial life. My credit was was bad. Terrible. If you if you call Lance Lan Self and <laughs> tell him the struggles that we went through to get get my car two years ago, he would tell you that he had to fight. But this year it was a little different because, or last year was a little different because I've made changes. And he was like, "Oh man, you did that? Okay, I see. I see. You know, okay, I can I can work with this now." That's my dude. I send every, anyone looking for a car. I send oh, it yeah. to him. I just sent someone to him. Uh, That's why I got that up there. Yeah, I just sent someone <laughs> to him the other day. And and he was honest with the young lady and said, listen, I can get you out of here in a car, but it ain't going to be to your advantage. Right. Here's what I recommend. And she wasn't. She was like, mm, I want a car today. And I looked at her and was like, my dude telling you, I sent you here for a reason. Right. Because yeah. I know he's going to be real with you. If he telling you no go, trust him. Yeah. Now, if you go around the corner, they ain't going to tell you that. They're going to take advantage of you to get the sale. Yeah. That man is telling you he's taking a sale out of his pocket to help you. Yeah. He's not making money to help you. You have, see, most of it's so emotional. We like, no, I want it now. Oh, yeah. yeah they would have yeah. went to the next lot. Right. Yep. Right. This man is taking a sale out of it. He t- he t- I can get you approved today. The interest rate going to be through the roof. Right. The negative equity from your car you're trading in going to have you way underwater. I don't want to do that to you. Here's what I recommend. Right. Take come, care of this and this and this. And come and back come and back. see me That's what so happened I can to me help the you first be time. successful. The first time I went, he told me to, to fix this and then come back. So I fixed what I needed to fix. Took about a year. I came back. I was like, okay, I'm ready. Okay, you're not where you should be, but I can still get you in a car and a decent payment. But while you're doing this, make sure your payments are on time and work on this and this and this. So I did that for a whole year and came back and bought a second car, second vehicle. Cause I was able to, to change the way I thought about money and finance and saving money and, and making my money make money. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm a better than what I used to be. But you, you're not where you want to be. You're better where you used to be, but you're in the car. Yeah. Headed in the right direction. Right. And that is critical. Yeah. See, we we too often in this microwave society think that if we're not where we want to be, we, we we won't do it. Right. You have to get in the car. If the final destination, we're in Toledo, if the final destination is Miami. Right. And you're driving or flying, you have to get in the vehicle. Yeah. And that first step to getting in the vehicle is accountability and making some hard changes. Right. We don't want to get in the vehicle. Because we want to be in Miami when we wake up in the morning. No. Right. <laughs> get in the vehicle 
and take the slow necessary. You said it took you a year or so. Yeah. To, it's a process. It's a process. Yeah. But in, we want to push a button and be there. Yeah. No. Or we just don't do it at all. Say, you know what? I'm not even going to do it. And that, that's a lot of us do that out of fear. We we fear failure. We fear success because success brings failure. So what we instead of uh, uh, going through the steps and, and making that fall and uh, being broke for this uh, for this long because you made this mistake or uh, losing this type losing three thousand dollars on the stock because you made a mistake or made a, a choice out of emotion, we just walk away mm-hmm. instead of saying, you know what, let me buckle up, let me learn from what I what I've done in the past, learn from my mistakes, and if I do learn from this mistake and move on and make this change, I can grow, I can learn, and whatever I went through, I can show this to somebody else, okay, this is what I did, this is how I felt, and don't do that, or make these adjustments so you won't make that same failure. Absolutely. We have to learn as we go. Um, I just had a saying the other day, and I see it written down on the paper. If you want to grow, you got to sow. Hmm. If you want to grow, you got to sow. Yeah. Right. And, and and let's go back to biblical or whatever, you know, you reap what you sow, yada, 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 you know, it's, it's been there forever, but if you want to grow, you got to sow. And you just said it as you learn, you sowing it in somebody else. Yeah. Right. Now, one thing I'll say in our community that we have to work on is, is we think that sowing means giving everything away to everyone. And that's not what sowing is. Yeah. You should reap the benefits of, your experience and your knowledge, your education, because you took some losses to get there. Right. You took some bumps and bruises, but I don't know. We, we think that everyone's supposed to just sow in us. Yeah. So we can make some money. Yeah. Even when we, uh, we have a business and we promote it online Mm -hmm. or we post it on, you know, Facebook or whatever. And it's like, we, we, we always (laughs) become emotional. When as far as okay, they're not even sharing my stuff. Yeah, not even liking my stuff. Y'all don't even shop with me. Y'all don't even come buy my t-shirts. Y'all don't even buy my product. Y'all don't even get your hair done by me. Y'all don't even you know come get your hair cut. Or y'all don't invest in in me. That's not for them to do. Say you it do is, it. Say it again. You do what you love because you love what you do. We get emotional. Yeah. Emo- I think we gonna call this emotional podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you get emotional. <laughs> And you start to respond. I seen a young lady yesterday, and she posted it. And she was basically saying, um, I see a lot of posts that say, you know, if you're not popular, people don't support your business in Toledo. Mm. And she said, she said something along the lines, well, I'm not popular, but my business is basically thriving. Yeah. And, and and maybe y'all just don't have the, the, go, the go get it, right. you know, mentality. And and I'm I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing what she said, but like people get so down because somebody didn't share a post, yeah, or because uh, I used to be like be, that because recently, because, and and thank you for your transparency. Yeah. You know, like that's not their job to share no, it's your not. post. Yeah. And and the other something I'm I've learned is I'm cautious about sharing posts, um, because I have a brand I have to protect. Yeah, somebody told me that too a couple years ago. And when you share a post, you have now you attach yourself. You've a co-signed that brand saying that 
you stand with that brand. Right. And I have learned to be cautious about the brands I stand next to. Yeah. Because that can come back and bite me. Right. It happens to famous people all the time. Yeah. John, you take a picture with somebody. Yeah. And that person goes to jail for whatever. Right. They pull that picture up and say, well, Vic was standing with yeah. him. Yeah. Well, let's let's investigate Vic. Right. Yeah. It was uh, John Livingston. He, he was a, a assistant pastor at, at uh, the church we grew up in. He told me that same thing. Watch the post that you share because that person's uh, that person, that post could be okay, but that person's brand could be something that you don't really re- want to represent and can affect how people look at your brand. There have been people who I've wanted to share their business to help them be seen right. by people that I'm friends with. Right. Cause that my people could probably benefit. Right. But the mess that goes on with that individual behind the scenes. Right. Yeah. Can become attached to you. Right. So I don't share posts. Yeah. I'm very cautious. I'm actually at a phase now where I'm looking for someone to take over my social media mm. because then I don't have to worry about sharing my posts. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking to my personal page. I've been trying to convert it. It'll be a business page as well as my business page. I don't even want to be personal no more because I had a young man reach out to me. <laughs> he asked me not to share it. I ain't going to share his name, but he reached out to me through my text community and basically took a shot at me. And I'm like, yo, and paraphrasing what he said, which I could pull it up and read it word for word, but paraphrasing what he said was, I ain't ish because I ain't helping him. Uh-huh. And in so many words, that's what he said. He said, you know, I mean, congrats on all your success, but you stepped on a lot of ninjas to get here. And I said, I, I stepped on, I stepped on who? <laughs> Like I was taken aback. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm like, what? You know what? It. I'm gonna read what he said. Man. I got. I've got to read it because I. I need to. I need people to understand that just because somebody else is successful doesn't mean you're entitled to it. Right. Yeah. And he later explained to me, um, that he wanted my platform. See, if you let a man talk long enough, he'll tell you. Exactly. He wanted your like what you do. He wanted to. He wanted my platform. Wow. So my social, and I I don't buy into it. um, But again, I'm cautious about what I share because there is a following out there that um, I believe I'm responsible for. And my social media, my my Facebook is, it's almost 35,000. Yeah. You, you want my platform. You want my Uh, audience. Yeah. And I'm like, so I, I'm I'm trying to find. I'm gonna find it real quick. But he wanted my platform, and I'm like, yo, like, my dude, like, there's a better way to go about getting access to my platform. Yeah. If you would have come correct, <laughs> I mean, if to- you if you would have come correct, we would be rocking. Right. But you chose to come at me sideways. All right. So. I think I found it. Uh, no, this ain't the one. But he came at me sideways like he was trying to check me. And I'm like, 
dude, that 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 ain't that's that ain't, not gonna work. That ain't gonna work with me. That that's not gonna fly well with me. Right. So I'm a, I'm gonna find his name because I want to read it. I want people to understand. Like it took me back when I oh I can search names. Okay. This this software is I'm still new to it. So I'm trying to finding. Dang, I can't find him. My text community is well over 300 people now. I thank God that people trust me to to uh, feed them feed them this information. Yeah, I can't find him now. But I mean, he just he wanted access to my to my platform, and I'm like, yo, come on, man. Like, that's not how you get it. You you don't get it that way. And he basically just was like, you too boastful, you too. You two this, you two, and I'm like, wow, like, boastful. What, what are you talking about? What? So, me being me, I, w- I want to know because if I'm doing anything that right. would make anyone feel, and you can't, you can't, you can't deal with everybody's feelings, but I never want to put out this image that I'm better than. Right. Yeah. And and talking to him, it was just like, dude, dude what? And he, I mean, I mean, I'm proud of you, man. But you know what I'm saying? When you was out here in the streets, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I just feel like you don't mess with me because I'm associated with so-and-so. And I'm like, dude, I ain't seen you in 20 years. Wow. <laughs> How can I mess with somebody I ain't seen in 20 years? Yeah. Now, had you reached out and said, hey, Vic, man, you know what I'm saying? I'm proud of you, man. Let's, you know, when you get a chance, let's chop it up. If you know Vic, Vic would have said, I'm about to call. Right. Or yeah. call me. Right. Cause that's who I am. Yeah. No different than we ain't talked since probably the mall. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. You shot me a text and said, Vic, let's get together. And right. Boom. Let's put it on the calendar. And we work that out. Yeah, exactly. That's the type of person I am. Right. But for you to try and check me because life ain't going in the in way you favor. think it should go. Yeah. You know, for you, I was like, so my friends was like, yeah, Vic, make, make sure you, you know, just make sure you keeping your gun on you because people, people don't know. And they form these, these thoughts, and we don't want your life at risk. And and literally, I do. I keep my strap on me because we yeah. live in that environment. But why yeah. do I have to keep my strap on me for you when I will help you in any way that I can? Yeah, I don't ride around with money in my pocket and nothing like that. So if you're running up <laughs> and thinking you're getting ready to hit a lick, you you just practice. It's right. practice, dog. Right. Cause, and, and and for real, for real, good luck. We're gonna have a shootout. Right. Because for what? It, I don't understand why we have that kind of mentality, though. That we are very, we rather be combative than to be uh, conversational. He he said his reason for approaching me that way was he knew it would get my attention. <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, you knew it would get my attention, huh? Okay, well. You got my attention. Right. We've had this discussion. I pray God's blessings upon you. I got to keep it moving, though. Right. I, I I don't play like that, man. Like that's that's crazy. Like I'm so down to earth, and I help anybody. Yeah. And this the like so it tells me one you didn't know me back then. Yeah. And two you don't know me now because I am the same as I was back then, except for I have a little experience and education to go with it. Right. Um, no, I'm not in the streets every day. 
anymore. And no, I'm not in nobody's clubs and bars. But I'm still the same Vic that yeah. was, I laugh and joke with anybody. Right. You know, we, we, we can get this money. Right. We're going to get it legally, but we can get this money. Yeah. And if we can't have them type of conversations and discussions peacefully, we don't need to have them. Right. We got uh, like three minutes left. Okay. All right. On the tape. So uh, we can kind of wrap it up. I wish we can go longer, but, you know. I understand. I understand. Um, But, yeah, it it was – we can talk more. We definitely have to talk more. Talk again and come come back to the show. Um, But everything that, that, you know, that was – said before the show during the show and what's going to happen after the show is real absolutely that we always have these real conversations and i appreciate who you are who you were who you are and who you become as a as a man as a black man thank you my brother and uh i'm I'm glad you can make it to the show i'm i'm glad you have me and uh let me just say this to the listeners if you you want to join the text community, it doesn't have to be just stocks. It could be real estate. Just use whatever word it is. If you need motivation, right? You just want to be motivated. Text text uh, that word. Text stock to this number. Text real estate or text motivate to four one nine nine zero nine six one nine six. And and I try to push out inspirational content daily because I understand the challenges that we face out here on the front line and on the battlefield. So how how can people reach you on social media? Social media, VJ Coleman Jr. VJ Coleman Jr. on any platform from TikTok to Snapchat to Instagram to to YouTube, I, everything. VJ Coleman Jr. Um, yes, I've earned a doctorate, and people call me Dr. Coleman, but for real, for real, I'm still Vic. Right. So, you know, come correct, <laughs> and we can have that conversation. But if you come incorrect, then I'm going to correct you and make you call me Dr. Vic. <laughs> I've had to do it before. Right. Like, no, you're not going to be disrespectful because um, I earned that title to show other young minorities they can do it too. But right. you're not going to disrespect that title because you're disrespecting them when you disrespect yeah, yeah, yeah. them. That's how I feel. Right. I feel you. <laughs> again, thanks for coming, man. We got to do this again. Absolutely. We'll, we'll talk after the show. So Okay. Appreciate you. Blessings, brother. Yep. Toledo, rep your city. Visit us online at the419grind.com.